Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. We're going to continue our series today on sacred channels, the anointing of the sick. And I would say probably the greatest scripture, in my opinion, in all the scriptures, or the greatest verse is John chapter 1, verse 14. And I will quote it for you. It may come up on the screen behind me. It says this, it says, and the word or the logos, the logic, became flesh or a human being. He dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the glory. Glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God would become a human being, and now through the sacraments of the church, his divinity is meshed with our humanity and spreads out through human history. And in the ancient church, they had seven sacraments, and seven is the number of perfection. In the Protestant church, they have five. I want to list all seven. Then I want to give you the three categories that the ancient fathers categorized. They put them in categories. And the seven sacraments are these, baptism, and we believe in baptism. If you have not been water baptized, next Sunday is your Sunday. You're going to go public with your faith. Faith begins in a private moment of the heart. However, it never stays private. Power and manifestation of God, this sacred channel, will bring such a new regenerated life in the heart of of a believer, you will never be the same again. Amen. Then today we will participate in the Eucharist, the Lord's table or communion. And I believe you, it's a meal that heals. If you need healing today is you digest the very DNA of God into your being. Let God begin to really heal you. We did the 23 and me. They say part Jewish, part this, part that. No, 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 no. I've got a new 23 and me. It's called the 39 stripes of Jesus Christ. You check my DNA. There's divinity in that DNA because God became a human being that this human being could become more godlike and that's what God wants to do for you can you say amen and so we have baptism, we have the Lord's table, and we have confirmation. And we spoke on that last week, and confirmation really is the baptism of the Spirit. Some Protestants believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the gifts of the Spirit, the charisms of the Spirit, are not for today. That's not true, because the Bible clearly teaches and confirms that we are filled with the uh, Holy Spirit. Amen? The next uh, sacrament is reconciliation. And today we're going to talk about this next one, the anointing of the sick. And then we have holy matrimony and holy orders. And next week we will end on holy orders. And I believe you'll know while you're breathing if you come next week. And God is going to use you beyond your wildest dreams and imagination. So let's give you the categories. The first category is the presence of the Holy Spirit or the presence of God. And we are a presence-driven church. Are we not? Could you not sense the Holy Spirit? 
spirit during worship? Could you not sense when it says, when the world says, where is your God? We say he's right here with us. God is in this room. He's online. He is with us because where two or three are gathered, he is in our midst. We are a presence-driven people. And they say the three sacraments that usher in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Let me just say, just like your soul is an animated part of your being, the Holy Spirit is the soul of the church. And without the Holy Spirit, we have no church. That's why we constantly welcome the Holy Spirit into our church, into our lives, into our homes. Can I have a witness on that? Amen. And so the presence is the baptism, the Lord's table, and confirmation. The second category is healing, and we're going to talk about that today. Healing of the soul and healing of the body. And you could go to James chapter 5. We're going to begin to read. And then the last category is the evangelization of the world, which is holy matrimony and holy orders. And next week, we will have a story from Pastor Mike Rovner, and I'll just let the cat out of the bag a little bit. It's a preview, almost like Avatar 3. Man, Avatar 2 is so good, is it not? I loved I watched it yesterday. That's it. It's like I love that movie. I don't want to be blue though. Okay. Mike Rovner, years ago, when he was born again, filled with the Spirit, a faithful member in a local church, uh, they really thought he should come on staff and be a pastor. But it was God who began to direct him and show him that his ministry was in the marketplace. Can I say, if we were all pastors, how would we reach the marketplace in our culture, in our cities? And he obeyed God, and now look at the fruits. He had more people born again because he obeyed God's call in order for him. Amen. And so we really do believe that in so holy matrimony and holy orders. So as you're going to James chapter uh, five, again, I just want to set the record straight. We believe in healing because we believe in God. And when we begin to uh, talk about healing for today, God put healing in the creation, in the earth itself. In Genesis, it says all the plants of the earth are for humans' benefit. Today, I would say probably 100%, if not 90%, of all medication comes from this earth. God put it within creation, healing, and it begins to show God's heart and intention to heal people. In fact, if you think of the international global symbol for medicine, you will see it's a shepherd's staff, and a snake is around that staff. Where did they get that from? The Torah, the first books of the Bible. When the children of Israel were in a wilderness, and I would say right now, the church of God on the earth is like the church in the book of Revelation. The woman is pregnant with child. She's clothed with the sun, the moon, and the stars, and she gives birth. Can I say the church globally is in a wilderness, but in the wilderness, uh, many of the Jewish people were bitten by poisonous snakes. So Moses made a bronze shepherd's 
staff with a snake on it, and he lifted it up, and as many that looked on that staff, that uh, bronze snake and shepherd staff, were instantly healed. That was a shadow and a type of Jesus Christ on the cross. And when Jesus is lifted up, can I say he has paid the price for us to be healed in our soul and in our body? Can you say amen? And we really do believe that. And let me just say, I believe that the church has been entrusted with the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. And I want to wipe something out of our vocabulary forever this morning. And what I want to wipe out of our vocabulary, and you'll see what we read in the scripture, forever is when someone in our church is infirm, that when we pray for them, we do not pray, Lord, if it's your will, because we believe God is already, in, he has an intention to do us good, but that we pray the prayer of faith. I heard John Piper, the great reformer, say this. He said, many times we pray, Lord, if it's your will, when praying for the sick. He said, I don't think it's that uh, we really are seeking the will of God. We do not have the faith for them to be healed, but today you are going to be energized with the gift of faith to pray for the sick. Can you say amen? And I don't think you have to be someone on TV or an influencer on Instagram to see someone healed. Becky was prayed by an elderly saint. We don't know her name. She doesn't have a global ministry. But Becky was healed in an instant and she still speaks today. I can't get her off the phone. <laughs> you know the phone was Becky's biggest enemy? Do you know she has a degree in respiratory therapy? When we were first married, they had this really uh, luxurious health club, the Point Athletic Club. They, it, it was like a country club, and it was way too much for us to join. But I walked around it seven times and said, God, I want a free membership. Well, when she, we got married, she, she worked the desk, the receptionist desk, and we got a free membership. Can we get a witness? Amen. <laughs> That part has nothing to do with this message. You just have to know that. Now, please understand this. The speech therapist worked with Becky for six weeks practicing Point Athletic Club. This is Becky. Point Athletic Club. This is Becky's six words. It took six weeks. And the first time she answered and did it without stuttering, it was a milestone. When I went with her to the speech therapist, I found the speech therapist. And she asked Becky, she goes, why do you want to talk? I started answering for Becky. I said, because everyone should be able to talk. The therapist said, if you do not be quiet because you can speak, she can't, I'm going to kick you out of this counseling session. <laughs> can I tell you, God is more eager to see us healed than we are willing to be healed. Can I say amen? God is an eager beaver to see you healed today. 
Can you say amen? Now, please get this. Not only does medicine come from the earth, our bodies are made from this earth. I want, I want to say something very broad. I believe the two channels of healing, they're not the source of healing. Only God is the source of healing. Our medicine and prayer. And the Mayo Clinic said there's an 87% chance of someone being healed when you begin to mix prayer with medicine. It is the church's responsibility to pray for the sick, to care for the sick, to provide for the sick, and see the sick healed. It's our responsibility. And where do you think medicine started? Do you think it started in the uh, Congress halls of Rome or in uh, the Acropolis in Athens? No, no, it didn't. It began in monasteries. It began with priests and nuns. It began when they knew that people were sick. And that's when doctors and medicine, some of the greatest hospitals in the world are Catholic hospitals, Baptist hospitals, Presbyterian hospitals. It shows the world our God is concerned about not only our spirits but our bodies and he wants us to live an abundant life. Can you say amen? Well, enough, enough of that. Go to James chapter 5. I want to ask you this. When you are sick, what is the first thought that came to your mind? Now, I'll tell you with Becky, the first thought is, God, what did I do to deserve this? Or did you hear her say, why God? Another time when she was diagnosed with the incurable lymphoma. By the way, Becky's now 10 years cancer free. Do you think I'd have went to the best number one um, uh, oncologist in this nation for blood malignancies, Dr. Daniel Greenwall in Santa Barbara? If I went into his office and said, I don't know, let's see if it's God's will. If not, I'm not going to treat her. For those who say God gave them the illness, why are you disobeying God and going to the doctor to be healed if he gave it to you? And since sickness isn't in heaven... It doesn't come from heaven. Can you say amen on that? Okay, all right, all right. Okay, let's read. Are you with me? Okay, let's read. We're going to start with verse 13, and we're reading James chapter 5. We're going from 13 to 18, so here we go. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. I want to just stop right here. I saw my wife suffer when she would try to say her name. And she couldn't say her name. I could be across a room and hear someone say, hey, what's your name? I would literally shout, Becky. (laughs) I saw her suffering. I want to stop. I think there's someone in the room right now. You're going through tremendous suffering. And your heart is broken. But pain is leaving not only your body, but your soul and your mind. And you will not medicate with artificial means to put a Band-Aid on something that is fractured. There is not only a higher power, but a loving, compassionate, healing God that desires to heal you now. Can you say amen? And so can I say, it says, is anyone among you suffering? Pray. And why do we, this is what some people's thoughts are. When all else fails, pray. No, no, no. We pray all the time, every day, in any way, because prayer makes tremendous power available to believers. Is that not right? Thank you for that uh, golf clap. I really appreciate that. Amen. 
Okay, let's continue to read. It says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Now get this next one. It says, is anyone among you sick? And he says this, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Get this next one, verse 15, in the prayer of faith. I want to say that again. I even like that phrase, in the prayer of faith. It just sounds cool to me. There's power in that phrase, in the prayer of faith will save the sick. Now, let me tell you what it does not say. You will not find any verse from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible where it instructs people to pray, Lord, if it's your will, heal them. Our church is going to be a church like the four friends who peeled back the roof to bring a paralytic man that they, he could be healed. That is our responsibility. We cannot put pressure on a sick person. We should receive that pressure. So here we go. And it says, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another. Sorry, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. That means if he was driving his Prius today and you cut him off in the carpool lane, he's probably going to call a bear out of the woods on you, all right? That was Elisha. But in he says, like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. Love this next one. And he prayed again. And he prayed again. Well, I prayed for someone, and they weren't healed. And he prayed again. And I prayed for someone, and I've never seen anyone healed. And he prayed again. Come on. Come on. I have prayed for some people, and they've been healed. I prayed for some people. And they went to heaven. But can I say, I prayed again. One year after Becky was cancer-free from lymphoma, the Lord says, now I want you to pray for those who have lymphoma. I said, can you please go choose someone else? He said, no, I am choosing you because it's not you who heals them. It is the charism of the Holy Spirit. I have put that within you, and I am asking you, go beyond your emotions, go beyond your fear, and go beyond, and he says, it's not a failure if they're not healed. He said, the only failure is when you draw back and you have a prayer life that's like an egg with no salt. He goes, put faith in your prayers and let your faith be based on me, not on your faith. Are you with me on what I'm saying? And so let's read this. He says, and he prayed again and the heavens gave rain. Everyone say God's role, the church's role, the sick person's role. And so I want to just begin to talk about this. Jesus, I love this. This is Acts 10, 38. You may want to write the reference down. He says, Jesus healed all. He didn't say half. Luke didn't, he wrote Acts. He didn't say Jesus healed half the people. It was Jesus only healed the ones that it was the Father's will. It says, no, he healed all who were sick and oppressed of the devil. And he, get this, and he was moved with compassion towards the sick. 
you know, compassion, sympathy is a human element. Compassion is a divine element. You will know what makes a great oncologist. They have a hatred for cancer. And when Becky, uh, again, was going through treatment, and this is one thing God put on my mind. I want to share it with you. He said, Jude, he said, why do you and believers, when you pray for people, and I want to specifically deal with malignancy. Throughout the years, I have prayed for people, Christians, that were diagnosed with cancer. And we've seen probably now since Becky, there's eight people in my prayer journal that had lymphoma, and now they're cancer-free. Frank Damasio now is nine years cancer-free. There, come on, Rhoda in Australia, a former Bible college student in Seattle, is cancer-free. Come on, Sam's wife, she, she is cancer-free. I can name all eight. Frances, a woman who was Catholic, came a year after Becky uh, was healed. She had an incurable, it was not being healed. She's cancer-free. Come on. Maybe we need to pray again. Maybe we need to pray again. And what came to me, Dr. Greenwald, the oncologist, what if the oncologist had the same mentality that believers and pastors and leaders have? Oh, well, this didn't work out the way I treated them. Well, I guess I'm not going to treat them. No, because we have a faith and a compassion and we're compelled by God. Come on, what other organization is going to pray for the sick? It's not going to be the Red Cross. It's not going to be, come on, uh, United Way. We are the church of Jesus Christ. He is the head. We are his body. And if we are his body, we are his hands. And we have to know our hands are not our hands. Our hands have a nail scar in them. And when we put our hands on a sick person, it's his hands going on that sick person. Why not? I know because I've seen my own pastor pass it away and he had great faith. But you know what? I'm a, I'm a human being. I don't know the answer of why, but I do know this. It is your job. It's my job. It's our responsibility to pray for the sick. Can you say amen? And so Christ came in his presence to heal our spirits, our minds, and our bodies. I want you to begin to think about this. Okay, say presence, presence. Healing, healing, evangelization. In the healing category is confession. Now, a lot of us, if you're Baptist, we just don't like confession. Can I tell you, old Baptist friend, you need confession. Because this, now look, what they put, these ancient fathers just didn't go any, meeny, miny, mo. We'll put baptism, the Eucharist, the Lord's table, and confirmation here. Oh, we'll call it presence. No, they thought about this. Why these two in healing? Because of James 5. Anyone suffering? Pray. Anyone cheerful? Sing. Is there anyone sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint him with oil. Let him pray the prayer of faith, and the Lord will heal him and raise him up. And then what's the next one? Has anyone transgressed? Confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. And so what, why did they get this? You know what? Remember Jesus? They had a man who had an impaired hand. He had a malformed hand. And Jesus said, Son, your sins are forgiven. The religious leaders said, wait, wait, only God can forgive sins. Jesus said, so you know that the Son of Man 
has power on earth to forgive sin, stretch forth your hand and be healed. He is showing that God has power to heal the soul and the body. And that's why James says, if you're sick, call for the elders. If you've sinned, go to confession. We are going to be a healing people. I'm raising us up as healers that no matter where we go, it could be Starbucks, it could be work, you have healing graces in your life. Can you say amen? and say God's role. Now, I want you to write this down. In Matthew chapter 8, in Matthew is the kingdom of God gospel. And a phrase in Matthew is, the kingdom of God is at hand. And in Matthew 8, we see four stories. One is a leper who comes to Jesus. Now, get this. He said, Lord, if you're willing you can make me whole or you can cleanse me. Jesus was beyond willing. Someone's being touched right now, either online or in this auditorium. It says Jesus reached out his hand and he touched him. That's the last thing you would have done 2,000 years ago if you were in the presence of a leper. But God wants to touch you right now where the enemy is trying to hinder your call. Amen? The next one, a Roman centurion came. This is Matthew 8. He said, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my authority, under my roof. Only speak the word and my servant will be healed. Jesus said, I'm willing be healed. Then Peter's mother-in-law, she was sick. She should be serving. And Jesus prayed for her, touched her, and she was healed. Now, if it, I was Peter in that story and it was my mother-in-law, I'd say, no, 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 Lord, give her another day. It's good. It's good. I'm bad. Come on. Grammy, if you're watching, I love you. I'm teasing. No. And so I love you so much. I, I prayed for her, by the way, the other day, and she was healed. Her blood counts went up. So I'm just kind of teasing. All right. Everyone say, be healed. Now, listen to this. Then Jesus ends. It says he brought many who were demon-possessed, who were sick, and he healed them all that it might but be fulfilled by the prophet. By his stripes, we are healed. Everyone say God's role. Everyone say the church's role. I'm going to do this. I'm going to begin to invite the keys to come up. Number one, it's the church's role. I want you to hear this. We're to pray for the sick. We're to pray for the sick. We're not only to pray for the sick, we're to comfort the sick. I'll never forget, I remember when we, Becky and I met. Initially, we met at my Aunt Cookie's house. She was a cheerleader with my first cousin, and it was always her beautiful face in her legs. And, and that's how I first met her. But I really got to know her at this small Pentecostal church. And uh, I hated it, actually, when people made her the guinea pig. I'll never forget this. They had a traveling evangelist, as she said, and they brought Becky up on stage, and he prayed for her. Then he put some mic right in front of her face, and he says, now talk. And she spoke a sentence, I think out of sheer fear and determination. Becky's the most determined person I've ever met in my life. Don't tell her she can't do it. Trust me, she's going to prove you wrong. And I was there that night. We had just gotten a Wendy's in our small hometown. That was so huge. Then we got, we got Burger King, Wendy's, McDonald's, and heart conditions went down. <laughs> and then they blamed God. It's like, don't blame God. You eat at McDonald's. You take your Big Mac and Whole Foods bag to work. We know what you're doing. I kid you not. 
I'll never forget his name. He's a pharmacist. He was a pharmacist. And he went right up to my Becky. He said, you lost your healing because you have no faith. And he wore glasses and said, you're being a hypocrite. And I knew nothing of the Bible, but I was discerning. I said, you're a hypocrite. Kind of look. And I opened, I opened up my Bible. I still have that Schofield Bible. It's a Baptist Bible that believes in pre-trip rapture. I don't know if I believe that anymore, but we'll see. I said, take off your glasses and read these verses. He said, I can't see without them. I said, where's your faith? I said, your problem is you put faith in your faith instead of the God who heals and commands us to pray. Faith is like our breath. I'm not even thinking about breathing right now. However, if you push me under the ocean and you hold my head down for about two to three minutes, I'm going to start struggling and fighting. When I'm conscious of my faith, I'm unconscious of Jesus. Did you hear me? Jesus is the healer, not Jude, not Becky. And he will use anyone in his body to be an agent and that possesses a charism of the Holy Spirit to heal the sick. Amen. So pray for the sick. I believe we're to care for the sick. Some of the most apostolic Catholic ministries throughout time were men and women, nuns, who chose to care for the sick. That was their ministry to the world. Others, I believe, next week when we speak on your call in holy orders, I believe in some of our young people and young adults will be called into medicine maybe as a nurse or a doctor or a respiratory therapist, a phlebotomist, an x-ray technician. I'm really believing that God is going to raise up medical people that not only have the mind and the intelligence of medicine which points to a God whose heart really wants us to be healed. Think of it. Antibiotics, penicillin. That's God's heart. And there may be a day they say soon that cancer will be obliterated and not through chemotherapy. I am praying it will be a believer in a laboratory who is studying at a molecular level and that God has given them sovereign intelligence. The heart of God breaks when people blame him for premature death debilitating diseases can I say of the 38 healings and miracles in the Gospels almost all of them were long-term illnesses and I watched my wife from the time I met her to the time she was 29 struggle to get a word out but yet we fought because I thought Becky God said he will touch you and I said, you will see one day. And you could ask her. I never put pressure on her. Actually, I was trying to take it off of her. I believe that's the church's role. 
We're not coming as self-righteous, super marvel heroes. We have some ooky spooky gift, but we do have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the soul of the church. And the mission of the Holy Spirit is the same mission of Jesus, which is the same mission of the Father. And that is to heal people, save people, fill people, recreate people. And when people say on YouTube, don't waste your cancer, what is God trying to teach you? God does not know. Can we learn lessons? Did Becky learn lessons from stammering? Yes. Did she learn something when she went through chemotherapy? Yes. However, if Jake or Jude or John disobeyed my voice and did not clean up their room, which I think they never cleaned their room, I hope you don't reap what you sowed. I didn't break his arm to teach him a lesson to obey me. You know, I am human, which is evil compared to God. How much more? If you ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with the charisms that will heal humanity, how much, what does he not want to do that? I think we need to have it etched into us. It is our responsibility to pray the prayer of faith. It is our responsibility to pray again and pray again, and pray again, and pray again. No, I don't have 800 people in my prayer journal healed of malignancy. I have eight, but it's a beginning. And I don't take the glory because it's God's. But when they're not, I don't take failure either. I'm gonna pray again and again and again and again. And how about the, the more humble graces? What about hospitality? When we went over to your house a few weeks ago, that was a part of healing. We laughed, we ate, we talked. I think healing can happen around a dinner table. How about this one? When Becky went through treatment, our friend Gina Schober, she became the hands and the heart of Jesus Christ. Every treatment for over six months, she would fly out from Seattle. We were petrified just to hear that word cancer. We were petrified. My pastor had just passed away 15 months before Becky was diagnosed. What do you think Satan was saying in my head? I'm gonna take your wife. They had a pastor in Ventura. He came to me, said, I heard your wife is diagnosed with cancer. He said, my wife has died of cancer. He said, four other lead pastors in Ventura, their wives have uh, died of cancer. Now your wife has been diagnosed with an incurable cancer. Can I pray for you? It's like, no, I don't want you to. <laughs> and he prayed and I got up and I left and I went in my car and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna use a choice word. So if you're gonna be offended by that, I'm warning you already. I said, then I'm getting the hell out of Ventura. The Lord said, are you gonna run for the rest of your life? Then I said, what about my boys? They will not serve you. And Jude came to me, he was 22 years old. He said, what if she dies? 
because one oncologist said this treatment the other one in Santa Barbara said another treatment I said that's above my pay scale but I'm gonna do what I always do I will get up early in the morning and I will ask God and he will show me and it was at 430 in the morning I'll never forget you Rick Green you beast a warrior of a man I was so overwhelmed I think we choose these platitude light Christian saying if it's your will hey if you were sick do you want someone to pray over you that way I want someone with faith I had no faith for that but I looked up and thought someone's in my driveway the devil is a liar. I'm going to get the baseball bat. I'm from Louisiana. Don't come on my driveway at night. Someone was saying people break into people's houses and squat. You, by law, you can't kick them out. I'm like, mm -mm. I have too many cousins in Louisiana. They'll be out in a second. Rick's doing this. And in that moment, that's when this I knew God was going to do something and peace flooded my heart and I want to show you we went into the Santa Barbara Cancer Center Dr. Greenwald I saw the face of God in his face I believe in healing not only because of scripture I saw God's face in this physician's face and I saw his intent on seeing Becky healed and when they started putting those chemicals in her body, she was shaking. And all I could do, Darlene, I leaned over and I put my forehead on her forehead. And peace came. Two treatments, two months, four treatments, two months. Before the third treatment, they did another PET scan. And she was completely cancer free. God is a healer. Will you stand with me? We're going to pray. The sixth rule, if you're sick, you should call for a leader. You should have them anoint you. You should ask them to pray the very prayer of faith. And let's trust the Lord to raise you up. Another thing, if someone is sick, we don't put pressure on them. We come and surround them, and we believe. Amen? We have seen couples who, impossibility to have a child, have a child. Dr. Chris and Julianne, 100% impossible, not even with in vitro. He was reading Circle Maker. We're in Cancun celebrating that Becky had finished uh, her treatment. And they said, what are you reading? Circle Maker. I said, that's one of my favorite books. Then he started talking so much, I wanted to get rid of him. So my heart was really wrong. I said, what is one thing that I can pray for you about? And then I thought I would be back to my books. And he starts crying. They said, we're here because they said we can't have a child. I said, give me your hand. I was, was going to pray comfort. But out of my mouth, you better watch when you start letting the Holy Spirit pray through you. Maybe we need to invite the Holy Spirit to pray through us instead of our own weak human prayers. I'm not God. I don't know why some are and some aren't.
but it's my job to pray. But out of my mouth, it was the Spirit of God, you'll have your baby in a year. Sure enough, a year later, they had a daughter. She's about nine years old. We dedicated her in this building. God is a miracle worker. Amen. Now, in a moment, Michael's going to come and lead in communion, the Lord's table. And then we're going to have leaders come up front. If you're sick in any way, I want you to come down front. And I'm going to be prayed for. I am believing for a breakthrough and healing in my body. And I'm believing that God is going to heal me. Amen. I have a doctor, Dr. Robert Woolmore. I'll see him on Tuesday. And I'm healthy already. Look at the blood tests. They are good for a person my age, let me just say. Because I want to live in health. Are you with me? I want to live in health. Amen. And so, but put your hands out. Father, we come and I release the gifts, the charisms of healing, and the working of miracles. God, the gift of hospitality and service. God, I pray now that you will heal in mind, in body, and spirit. God, wherever we are sick in any way, touch that area of life of the believer. God, when we're sick, it reminds us of the ultimate sickness, death. But when we're healed, it reminds us of the ultimate healing, resurrection in heaven. I release healing in our people, in our community, from migraines to arthritis, from essential tremors to scoliosis to Crohn's disease to Parkinson's disease. I come against glycoma. Father, I pray that you would heal any substance abuse issues. Father, I pray now for slip disc, ruptured disc. I pray healing autoimmune diseases. I anoint you in the name of the Father, the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Our God who is three and one, I command you to be healed. I pray again as the scripture says, in the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous believer makes tremendous power available. And God, we believe in medicine because you said the sick need a doctor, but the sick also need a believing person in a church that believes in a God who heals. And God, we don't, we don't compete with medicine. We join medicine in our faith to see humanity heal and experience Jesus Christ. And I pray a wave of healing in California. I pray a wave of healing where everyday believers are going to pray for one another and they're going to be healed. In Jesus' mighty, I pray for pressure in someone's eyes. Your eyes will be normal, autoimmune, healed in Jesus' name. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.